Hello and welcome to RGU Talk, the official podcast of Robert Gordon University. I'm your host, Johnny Milne, and with me this week is an inspiring woman whose achievements in health promotion and social care recently led her to being awarded an honorary degree from RGU. I'm delighted to welcome Adele Harris to the show. Adele, thank you so much for coming in today. You're very welcome. Now, as I mentioned, the university have recently awarded you an honorary doctorate of business administration. Is that right? That's correct. Uh, And it was to coincide with International Women's Day. How did that feel to get that phone call in the first place? I was I was surprised um, and genuinely humbled that my name should uh, even um, appear in a conversation about who should receive such an award on International Women's Day. But I was absolutely delighted. Robert Gordon University is a, a university that's held in high esteem locally and uh, in Scotland and the rest of the UK. So to be aside, um, those other two amazing and inspiring women was um, was just wonderful. So yes, I was a bit surprised when I got the call, <laughs> but really honoured and very flattered. Well, clearly you're a huge role model for women of all ages and have been throughout your career. Um, even all the way back to, I was looking at your career and you started with the Metropolitan Police um, during a time when it would have been a predominantly male environment. So that can't have been easy, I imagine. Now, I left school at 17 and joined the police cadets in London and spent 11 mostly happy and really interesting years working in the Metropolitan Police. But yes, this was the um, very early 1980s, mm-hmm. a very male-dominated profession. Um, and I think, as I said during my speech when I received the honorary degree, um, I could tell quite a few stories, um, which we probably haven't got time for. But um, I'm glad things have changed, um, and certainly the, the police force that I recognise today is a very, very different place for, for women to work in. But yes, it was challenging at times, um, the uh, the way that you were treated or sometimes ignored because you were a female police officer it was much more difficult to advance your mm-hmm. career in the same way as the men at the time. And you moved from working in the police to health and social care. Um, why such a big change at the time? What was it that attracted you to the NHS? Well the reason I left the police force was because um, I had a, a son that was born with a disability and um, at that time, um, there was no such thing within the police force of um, working part-time or flexi-working or job share. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, when you're in a, a role that involves shift work, having a child and juggling um, your work requirements is hard enough. But when you have a child with a disability, it becomes even more difficult. So we took a decision at that time as a family um, that it was best for me to, to give up work. So I wanted to do a degree. I'd regretted not having the opportunity to go to university when I left school. And because I had a particular interest now uh, in disability because of my son's condition, I decided to do an open university degree in health and social care. And that led me to my next job. And um, you'd go on, after working in the NHS for a number of years, you'd go on in 2008 to become chief executive of Cornerstone. Um, For anyone who might be unaware, can you tell us a little about what it is Cornerstone does? 
Yes, of course. I had one job in between, the mm. NHS and, and um, Cornerstone, and I wouldn't want to miss them out. Um, I was the deputy CEO of Aberdeen Foyer, which is a really um, amazing a third sector organisation based here in the city, and I learned a lot while I was there. Um, Cornerstone is one of the largest providers of social care services in Scotland. We provide care and support in communities as far south as the Scottish borders mm. and up to Murray in the in the Highlands. And um, our charitable purpose is to enable the people we support to live a valued life, a life that they choose. And we work with over 3,000 children, adults and families who are affected in some way, either by disability um, or by another support need. Increasingly, we're working with older people with dementia, supporting some people coming out of prison, um, working with people with mental health problems. So a real wide range of of clients. Um, But uh, as I say, our, our charitable purpose is to help those individuals to live a valued life so we do far more than just provide basic care and support we really work with individuals to help them realize their aspirations and their dreams and what kind of support is it that you are i mean obviously it's going to be completely different kind of support you're giving to say people living with disability to people coming back into society after being in prison you know what kind of what are the range of support that you do give Yes, we offer a, a very personalised service, so there's a, a whole um, wide range of different types of support based on individual needs. But um, we have some care homes, some registered care homes. We do a lot of work um, which we call housing support, so providing 24-hour residential services to support people primarily with learning disabilities to live as independently as they can. Um, we work in the community as well, so we um, visit people in their own home and okay. um, for example for older people um, who may have dementia we would be helping them up in the morning to get dressed and to shower and um, prompting them to take their medication that sort of thing mm-hmm. um, the work that we do with um, offenders is a project called Positive Tracks and uh, we meet with people before they're released from prison and then we support them to find accommodation to Uh, help them to budget so they can pay their rent and not lose their home help them with um, finding work that type of thing okay Um, and on top of all of that um, you had another top position um, as well as chief executive of Cornerstone you were president of Aberdeen and Grampian Chamber of Commerce Um, have you experienced any negativity at all being a woman in such high profile roles and how do you usually respond to it if you do I was very um, lucky to be uh, uh, asked to be the first female president mm-hmm. of Aberdeen and Grampian Chamber of Commerce. Um, so that was a huge honour. We we chose at the time when I was appointed not to really make too much of a fuss about the fact that I was the first, first woman okay. because um, I wanted to be there on merit. I'm sure I was. Um, and I'm, I know that lots of other women feel the same way. I haven't really received uh, any obvious um, negativity or opposition to any of the positions that I've held. Um, often it's well-meaning um, advice oh, that I'm, yep. I'm sometimes <laughs> given. So the intention is good, um, but sometimes it can come across as patronizing. I do often and still get letters written to me um, as Mr. 
and indeed Joking. some cold phone calls. I think if if your job title is CEO, people mm. still sadly make the assumption that you must be uh, a man. But um, no, I think I think times are definitely changing for the better, and I hope that we can stop reporting on when a woman is the first woman to do something, Absolutely. particularly in the context of local business. Um, well, thanks in part to your incredible work over the years. Um, you were named Scottish Entrepreneur of the Year last year. And again, you don't want to have to say this, but you were the first female to be named so. What advice would you give to young women you know, starting out in their careers, particularly, as you say, in the business kind of world? Yeah, that was another highlight last year to be um, awarded the EY Entrepreneur of the Year for Scotland. And I I enjoyed that experience um, very much, not just because I won, but the whole experience of being part of that that process. I met so many uh, interesting and and fascinating people along the way. Um, I'm often asked this question about what advice would would you give? And um, this is very personal advice Mm. based on my own experience and it may not be right for every other young woman but I think the main advice I would give to someone is twofold Um, one is to give a hundred percent to every job that you have Mm -hmm. um, and to do something that you feel passionate about and and gives you a sense of purpose and the second thing is to grasp every opportunity that that comes along so there's a real issue I think for women and young women in particular around confidence so have the confidence to put yourself out there um, don't worry that it looks like you might be showing off just you know have the confidence to make sure people know who you are and what you can do and if you are ambitious that they they know um, that you're really keen to, to get on at work mm-hmm. but take every opportunity that that comes your way and grasp it with both hands. And did you have a role model um, or someone who inspired you when you were coming up in your career? I've worked with so many um, people or come into contact throughout my life with so many amazing men and, and women that it was dif- this was a difficult question to, to answer, really. But I guess um, in terms of where I am today, the two people that would be my role models are the two patrons that we have at Cornerstone. Okay. One is Dame Anne Begg and the other is the Paralympian Karen Dark. And both these women, despite their disability, have achieved, you know, amazing, Mm. amazing things in in their careers. And in Karen's case, uh, through sport. And um, if I'm ever having a a bad day or I'm thinking that something's challenging and I'm not quite sure um, how to get around a certain obstacle, then I think of Anne and I think of Karen and they certainly inspire me. Mm Well, looking back on your career, I mean, what do you feel has been your biggest achievement to date? I know we all love it when someone recognises us personally and, and something that, that we have achieved as an individual, but genuinely, I don't think I could have achieved the things that I have in my career if I hadn't been surrounded by some, some great, great people and my current colleagues at, at Cornerstone. Mm-hmm. Um, in particular. So I think the greatest achievement, if I had to pick one, was a few years ago when um, Cornerstone won the Chairman's Award at the Care Accolades. And the Care Accolades um, were run by the regulators, the Scottish Social Services Council and the Care Inspectorate at the time. And we'd entered um, a number of categories um, for individual projects. And uh, although we were shortlisted, 
we hadn't won anything. So we were feeling a little bit despondent at the okay, end yes. of the awards ceremony, um, politely clapping the others that had won when the chairman um, announced that they wanted to give a special award to an organisation that uh, goes above and beyond what is expected of them and an organisation that is, is highly respected in Scotland in the care sector and of course Cornerstone's name what, tripped off his tongue so we were we were absolutely delighted and that was a, a real recognition of the, the team that is Team mm. Cornerstone and I know someone has to be the CEO but it, it absolutely isn't all down to no, me. It's a team effort. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, finally, um, having received your honorary doctorate, which obviously I can imagine is another fantastic achievement for you, uh, what are your future aspirations, uh, both for yourself and for Cornerstone as an organisation? Well, for Cornerstone, most importantly, we're um, in the middle of and going through some transformational change with the ambitious um, aim of transforming the social care sector in the UK. It's evident that the social care sector is in crisis mm -hmm. and that something needs to change. So we've embarked on quite an ambitious um, journey to introduce a new model inspired by the work of um, Birt Sorge in the Netherlands. So um, we have introduced a new model called Local Cornerstone. Okay. And uh, I'm sure we don't have time to go into too <laughs> much detail on what that model is just now. But um, my vision, I guess, or our vision, um, is not only to ensure that Cornerstone is sustainable for the long term and can provide support and care to even more people, but that we can influence systems change within the sector so that uh, everybody who needs social care in the UK benefits. So that's um, certainly forefront of my mind mm -hmm. at the moment and um, keeping me busy. <laughs> I can imagine. Well, Adele, thank you so much for coming in and for speaking with me today. It's been an absolute pleasure. and. Congratulations again on your honorary doctorate. Thank you very much. And that's it for another episode of RGU Talk. On behalf of the university, I've been Johnny Milne and we'll talk to you later. <laughs>